Hey, everybody. Here at Keep Talking Podcast, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, we have a health or fitness-related episode because I'm a personal trainer in my spare time, and I'm a total health and nutrition nerd, and I think it's very important for you to focus on your health and nutrition and fitness as well. Now, a lot of Keep Talking's audience is non-native English speaking, and the language in these episodes is often advanced English, but... I'll make sure that I speak clearly and concisely enough for all non-native speakers and, of course, native speakers to understand. All right. Enjoy the episode. What's up, everybody? All right. In this episode, I'm talking about diets, lots of diets. And this is like one of those big medical disclaimer episodes. I'm not a doctor. I can't give you medical health advice. Well, specific advice. Although, honestly, doctors sometimes are not the best people to give diet advice. I'm pretty sure in medical school they study like like a week of nutrition or something like that. So, you know, like the professional nutritionist should be giving you diet advice. Um, Anyway, but I did my medical disclaimer. So, um, all right. So I've got, there's like 21 different diets that I have on this list here. And like I wanted to do this episode, I'm going to give a very, very brief overview of each of these diets and my opinion on them. Um, just like for the general population, obviously everyone is different. Like I've talked about this in other episodes, we're all very different. Uh, our bodies respond different ways to different foods, to different eating styles. So we're all very different. This is a, like the opinions I'm going to be giving apply kind of to just general people. Doesn't necessarily apply to you, but I'm kind of combining my experience, of which I have a lot, with studying different diets, experimenting with different diets. Obviously, I haven't tried all of these different 21 diets, but maybe about half of them some version of them I've tried and the thing is is like they're like none of them you know the thing with diets is is anytime it's there's like a label to it it's probably like there's no such thing as like a perfect diet for for anybody like it's probably not good to completely follow for your whole life any one particular diet or eating style and the, the issue is nowadays it's almost like like religion and politics you can't talk about it because there's like people get so um, you know, so passionate about different diets and they're like, no, this one's best. This one's best. But anyway, the point is moderation is still probably the key. My mom would be proud of me for saying that. <laughs> but even though I disagree with her sometimes on that, I don't think moderation is good in certain areas of life. But with dieting, I, I mean, you know, um, I shouldn't even say that. I mean, like eating a bunch of sugar and like drinking soda is probably never good. So forget what I just said about moderation. Anyway, let's move on. Okay. So you get the point. Lots of different diets. Um, they all probably have their value, but I think some are much more valuable than others. Um, and so I'm going to, I decided to do this in alphabetical order. Okay. Just cause I'm like, well, uh, how do I make it sound like unbiased, you know, because like I could start talking about one and people might be like, oh, well, he's waiting to talk about this last because he likes it best. Or he, he said this first because he, I don't know, but I'm like, no, let's do it in alphabetical order. That way it's fair. Now, 21 diets. Uh, I was kind of like looking through different popular types of diets. And if there's a specific diet you're thinking of, which I'm sure there is, uh, that I didn't mention on here because there's like thousands of different types of diets you could find. I'm sorry. These are the 21 that I included. Okay. So it is what it is. Here we go. All right. Starting alphabetical order, Atkins diet. Okay. Atkins diet. So what is the Atkins diet? It's essentially like a low carb, uh, you know, I've never tried this, but it's a low carb 
well, never called it this anyway, a low-carb, I'm in a fairly high-protein and high-fat diet, particularly, as I understand it, including a lot of saturated fat. Now, what it is, is it's kind of a four-phase thing where you start off, you really reduce your carbs right at the beginning, right, to like under 20 grams of carbohydrates per day, which is low. That's, that's keto low, and we'll get back to keto in a little bit here because, as you maybe know, I've experimented with keto. Um, but it's it's like four phases where you're then gradually increasing your carbs back after you really cut them low, you know, and obviously it's designed kind of as a weight loss diet. Uh, when you cut carbs that low, you are, you know, going to be losing weight for better or for worse, whether or not it's in a healthy way. I mean, I shouldn't say that always. You can be on keto even and not lose weight, but like it's... It's, it's hard not to lose weight when you have that low of carbs in your diet. Let's put it that way. Now, the controversy behind this the controversy behind this is like, oh, well, it's really high in saturated fat. Like my opinion, we shouldn't worry that much about saturated fat. I think refined sugars and highly processed foods are way worse for us than saturated fats and may even have a worse effect on our LDL, which is the quote-unquote bad cholesterol. I have other episodes about that. I eat a ton of saturated fat for the record, and I haven't croaked yet. Hopefully I won't right after recording this episode. No, but I think I'm pretty healthy and my cholesterol numbers are pretty healthy right now. Long topic, up for debate. Cholesterol is affected in different ways in different people, but saturated fat I don't think should be demonized that much. This diet, in my opinion, is actually a a fairly decent plan. I mean, I would advise people against cutting their carbs too much, but like the general principle of fairly low carbs, especially during brief periods, And high protein and high fat, I think, is a good idea. Keep in mind that proteins and fats are essential macronutrients. Carbohydrates are technically not. But I I don't really advise people to cut out all carbs. Okay, the blood type diet. Blood type diet. This is is something I've never tried. You know, I've heard about. And essentially, you're eating foods based on your blood type, okay? Uh, So... Um, and, and I can't even remember, God, what, what does it say about mine? So this one, I'm not going to dive too deeply into because I really, I don't have that much experience. I think it's worth testing out and seeing how your body responds to it, but I actually don't know that much about it. I, I like, I like to think that it's not that big of a deal. Um, I'm one who gets more into like, I've done custom gut microbiome and, and health testing with, with Viome, which is a company that specifically tells you what foods are best for your gut microbiome and I'm someone who gets more into that than like a blood type diet but you know look into it try it out if you're interested I don't have anything against the idea the bodybuilder diet okay what about a bodybuilder diet so this is like like five well the way I talk about it is like five meals a day some of them do even like six or seven but a bodybuilder diet is typically very high protein okay Um, and obviously it involves like a lifestyle and working out a certain way as well but the diet itself is itself is five meals at a minimum per day, sometimes six or seven, usually all of which are fairly small overall in terms of total number of calories, typically high protein. So you're eating a high protein, you know, things like a lot of chicken, whey protein, even egg whites, which I don't like that. I prefer you just be eating whole eggs because the yolks have so many vitamins in them. Um, but it's a high protein diet with, uh, you know, designed to help build muscle and, and, you know, you can burn fat as well if you do it right. Um, you know, spread out five, six, seven meals a day, smaller meals, but all of which have, you know, almost like the same exact amount of macronutrients, like 30 grams of protein each or whatever, um, which is great. I mean, this type of diet, okay, here's what I'll say about it. If you do it and you follow it, it will work. It will work for you to get the body composition that you want. Then it's just a matter of whether or not you really want that 
lifestyle. It's just, just like, well, do I want to like not be able to go out and eat with friends? <laughs> do I want to be carrying Tupperware around all day and measuring all of my food all the time? Like I've done it for periods and you'll get jacked. Like if, if here's, here's what I'll tell you. If I decided that, okay, you know what? In a month from now, I got to do like a photo shoot. I got to post like some Instagram photos or like, you know, I'm going to the beach or something and I got to be like the jackedest I mean, I wouldn't even do it to go to the beach. It's not even that sexy. It's like too jacked to be sexy. But the point is, if I had to be like super jacked a month from now, this is what I would do. I would go on a bodybuilder diet, like five meals a day, 35 grams of protein each, and know exactly how many calories I need to be in a calorie deficit, lose five pounds of fat or something like that, and be super jacked, okay? It works. It will work. But life kind of sucks when you follow a diet like this. Um, And uh, what other point was I going to make? Now, people will talk about like, a high protein diets can be bad for longevity. I, I debate that. Maybe I'll come back to that in a little bit. I don't know, but, but very debatable. Um, okay, carnivore diet. <laughs> carnivore. I've never actually tried. I, have, I know some friends who try it and they, they like it for different reasons. Um, and this is obviously, you know, animal based foods, eliminating plants. The reason this became popular is because, well, you have people like, well, like the liver king, <laughs> but then also um, Carnivore MD, which is Paul Saladino. Essentially, a lot of these guys talking about how um, plants have these plant plant defense chemicals that actually make them not good for us in general, and um, that long story short, our bodies digest to and react better to animal foods than plant-based foods, which I, I can see the reasoning behind. I do kind of think it varies, and it's different for everybody, and it's not that black and white, to be honest. Um, again, this is just a totally brief overview of everything. Um, and then, you know, in terms of like using it as an elimination diet, which I'll come back to in a minute, like some people who have real bad, like autoimmune issues, I've heard this can be a good idea to try to just go like only meat or only carnivore. And it might really help. But like, so I think for people who have certain autoimmune issues and real, like real, real gut issues, whatever, this may be something to try. But for the general population, I just, I don't recommend it, honestly. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll leave it at that on carnivore. Um, but it sounds kind of fun to try every now and then. I've never fully done it. Um, I have gotten close, but I've never actually done it. All right. Um, so climatarian diet. Oh, this is where you're eating. <laughs> I didn't, I already like blew it right there. I already gave my opinion just by going, oh, just because you're eating apparently in a way that is, you know, good for the environment and is, you know, lowering your carbon footprint. Okay. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the problem, I, I mean, it's, it's all good. Like it makes sense, you know, eat less red meat, eat things that are, you know, sustainably grown, blah, blah, blah. The problem for me is I just get skeptical about all of that stuff because I think it's really hard for us to know, like, actually what kind of carbon footprint the things that we're eating have. I I don't know. I just sometimes with the climate stuff, and I've done an episode on sensitive subjects in the past about, you know, climate change, and I'm like, I'm, I'm I'm still skeptical. I'm still skeptical about what I hear, and sometimes I just don't know. Like, you could live your whole life eating in a certain way, thinking it's going to help the climate, and then get to the end and be like, Jesus, that actually wasn't even good to reduce my carbon footprint at all, and the food that I ate sucked. I don't know. <laughs> like, I think we should eat more focused on our health than on the climate. Um, but if you if you believe strongly about this, then, you know, go for it. Um, but yeah. All right, the DASH diet. Okay, so... Um, the DASH diet, what is it like the dietary something for, to control hypertension? It's, it's a diet to, to lower blood pressure. Okay. A lot of fruits, a lot of vegetables, whole grains, I believe. Um, I mean, it makes sense, you know, low sodium and then like enough potassium, calcium and magnesium to control blood pressure. Well, like, okay, as, as I understand it from, you know, people who've tried this, 
it really does work to lower blood pressure fairly quickly, okay? I definitely wouldn't recommend this type of diet as like a preventative measure for low blood pressure. I mean, I don't think we need to do it. And actually, well, like saturated fat, I feel like salt and sodium is demonized a little too much in our society, although that's another topic for another day. But um, the only question I would have with this is like when it recommends just fruits, veggies, and whole grains, it's like, are you getting enough protein for satiety? Because here's the thing, in my opinion, most people that I talk to are under consuming protein. The people that I talk to that are struggling with weight loss are under consuming protein. And when you don't get that much protein in your diet, it's hard to feel satiated. When you're not satiated, you want to eat more well, just more in general, but particularly more and more carbohydrates. So it can be great to go to these fruits and vegetables and things like that or grains or whatever. I mean, grains is another tricky topic. But if you're not feeling satiated, you know, by the proteins, then the fats will satiate too. If it's all these fruits and veggies and, and grains, I'm wondering like, okay, then what do people go to when they're still hungry? Like, does that lead to desserts and, and things like that? Like, I feel like this is actually not the best type of diet to like to burn body fat on just because you won't feel satiated enough like a high protein diet in general is good for feeling satiated and burning fat actually in general and when you talk about like lowering blood pressure or improving all health markers in general it's like all right well burning fat and making sure you you know you don't fall into obesity like that's the that's going to improve your blood pressure and all sorts of stuff right there so yeah, and I mean, not a bad idea what this DASH diet talks about, but I question, like, are you getting enough protein to be satiated? All right, the elimination diet. Okay, the elimination diet is, well, you know, you kind of, you have some sort of big issue. That's why people go to it. I talked about people using carnivore kind of as an elimination diet, but you have some big issue and you want to try to figure out what foods are causing the problem. So you, grad, you know, you eliminate, you know, almost everything, and then you kind of gradually introduce things back one by one into your diet. Okay, I mean cool. If you have gut issues, I've even to a certain extent, I've never done like a full on elimination diet, but just to address my gastrointestinal issues, I've done this kind of halfway and it does help. I mean, so if you have issues, if you're having, you know, well, if, if you notice that you're really, really sick and you think it might be your diet causing it, or you just have bad gastrointestinal digestive issues, yeah, go for it. See what happens. Do it in a controlled way. Talk to an expert about an elimination diet first. Gluten-free diet. Okay, so this is where you're not having gluten, which is, you know, the type of, well, yeah, God, gluten. I always forget the exact definition of gluten, but that protein that's found in, in wheat and a lot of other, you know, like grain wheat products. Anyway, but... Okay, and then people with, you know, officially diagnosed with celiac disease have a real problem with gluten. Okay, so a lot of people have, like, gluten sensitivities, supposedly. Like, the diet itself, as far as eliminating, like, wheats and, and these different grains that have glutens, I think that's fine just because I don't think there's actually that much value in a lot of these things, like wheat, whole grains. I don't even, I mean, aside from oatmeal, oats, I don't really eat hardly any grains in my diet. I don't really eat wheat, honestly. It doesn't really sit that well with my gastrointestinal system. And I just don't think there's that much value. I think that like the overemphasis on whole grains over the past few decades has been a mistake. That's just my opinion. Like the diet itself is like, all right, cool. Yeah, kind of get rid of wheat and crap. <laughs> you know, this other stuff that contains gluten. Um, I think that's all good. I think like the reasoning may be not even that accurate because I don't know if that many of us actually have like gluten sensitivities. Um, but yeah, I think that the, the sensitivities we may experience may actually be the result of like the combination of other stuff, which 
I kind of say the same thing about lactose sometimes. I'm like, well, is it really the milk or is it the sugar-filled cereal that you have with the milk combined together? (laughs) You know, like, I don't know. Um, So that's a whole other topic for another day. But gluten-free diet, sure. Like, I don't think it's going to do you any harm. All right, so high-protein diet. All right, so um, similar enough to the bodybuilding diet. I think for most people it's good. The longevity experts like David Sinclair will be like, well, you know, actually, in order to make sure you don't have any cellular senescence and blah, 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 you want to make sure you, you you don't get too much protein. You only have one meal per day. That way you get long intermittent fasting periods. And I just spent 20 seconds mocking like the the forefront leading longevity expert on the planet. But here's the thing. all A lot of these longevity experts will say that high protein diets are bad for longevity because you're constantly stimulating mTOR and well, things like cancer can grow when we are in a, how do I describe this in layman's terms, that if you have some sort of a cancer or your cells are uh, going awry, let's call it, that a high-protein environment which stimulates more mTOR, which is, well, mammalian or mechanical target of rapamycin, leads to more of the the growth of and the spread of more cancerous cells, right? Which is why they promote things like intermittent fasting, which I'm going to come right back to, calorie restriction and low protein diets, okay? I think a lot of it's bullshit. I, <laughs> I not bullshit, but like it's, I, I don't trust the studies and the methods that they're using. They're doing a lot of these studies on mice and rats. And when they also talk about like low, okay, they, they say that statistically, People who eat higher protein diets don't live as long. But if you keep keep in mind that a lot of us, you know, like the, the Western diet over the past however many decades, this is my theory, the Western American diet over the past however many decades is a, is a high protein diet compared, compared to a lot of diets around the world, okay? It's also a super high calorie diet and a super high french fry and soda diet and we're not healthy in general these people that are eating that are over consuming the protein are also over consuming junk in general and so i don't think i I think it's you know like what do they say it correlation without causation in some of these studies and i know they probably do some of these studies in like a controlled way but i just i don't want like when i study when I try to get down to the science of it and say, you know, protein, um, like having a lot of protein in your diet, that is specifically going to make it that way your cells go bad or your heart stops working as well or your mitochondria aren't working. It, it doesn't make sense to me scientifically very much. And so in my opinion, a high protein diet, I've gone back and forth on this a little bit, but like nowadays, in my opinion, a high protein diet is actually a pretty good idea for most people, particularly when you, uh, you know, consider the point that I just made about how it's satiating and it's going to make it so you don't want to eat as much junk. It's going to control your cravings and then you're going to have an easier time maintaining a healthy body weight. Okay. So in my opinion, for most people, a high protein diet is is good. I mean, and is there too much protein? Is there too much of a good thing? Yeah, there's too much of anything, but you're going to have a hard time if you're really eating like, you know, quality protein. You're going to have a hard time eating five pounds of chicken every day. Trust me. <laughs> like, it's, So you're going to have a lot harder time eating that than five bags of chips. You get me? All right. Intermittent fasting. Um, overall, gosh, I think I've done full episodes on this, but I mean, 
I, it's a decent idea overall. Sometimes I think it could be misused. You also have to be careful with it for people who are like, you know, um, well, women around menstruation particularly. Um, let's actually back up. So what is intermittent fasting? Intermittent fasting is typically when you're eating only within like a six or eight hour window each day and then doing a fast where you only have water and maybe coffee or tea for the next 16, 18 hours, whatever. Uh, the benefits is it can help regulate blood sugar supposedly. Theoretically, it can make it easier to burn fat. Okay. I don't think the diet itself, I don't think the fact that there's this window makes it so you burn fat. I think the reason that people burn fat on it is just because, quite frankly, it's hard to eat that many calories when you're only eating within a six-hour window. <laughs> like, that's the that's probably the main cause. And, you know, I've researched and experimented quite a bit with how the timing and the size of our meals affects metabolism. And it's just not that much. Like, you're, you're splitting hairs. People will talk about, like, the thermic effect of food and like the you know two three meals a day versus five six smaller meals like if you you know if you have big meals how does it affect your you know your metabolism compared to small meals and whatever and it's it's I just don't think the effect is that big at the end of the day. And so the intermittent fasting thing, it's its more something that you should try if it works with your lifestyle. I don't think it's a good weight loss tool. It can be helpful for digestion. I will say that. It can be very helpful for digestion because, and I shouldn't even say I don't think it's a good weight loss tool because like I said, it's just based on the behaviors it can create of you know, not eating and snacking all day long. It actually can be good for weight loss. But anyway, um, okay, it, 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 when I do it, I do feel good digestively just because I don't have, it's like I like having that like reset, like there's like 16, 18 hours of no food in my stomach. Um, I do feel good with that. Kind of the, the cons of it is, well, for me as someone who's trying to build muscle, like I have, I have trouble. It, it, it is tough um, to build muscle, I feel like. Well, I sh- no, I shouldn't even give this advice because depending on your daily schedule, if you can work out a little later in the day, it can be good. Yeah, forget that last part. Okay, use it if it fits well with your schedule, this intermittent fasting. You know, maybe you want to skip breakfast and just have, you know, um, a meal at noon and then a meal at 6 or 7 p.m. and that's it. Maybe a snack at 3 or 4 in the afternoon, but you don't even have to have the snack if you don't want to. If it fits well with your schedule, if your stomach feels good on it and if you feel good on it, go for it. Right, um, and by the way, breakfast is definitely not the most important meal of the day, as the the old wives' tale says. It can be important; it's good, but you don't like you don't have to eat breakfast every day. You can skip breakfast every day and live a very good, healthy life if you want. It depends on a lot of different factors. Okay, um, okay, juice fasting. Actually, no, I skipped one. If it fits your macros, if it fits your macros. Okay, this is if it fits your macronutrients basically this is similar enough to like the bodybuilding type talk just in the sense of like so you have a set number of macronutrients that you're trying to hit a number of grams of protein fats and carbs that you would eat each day um to you know get the desired uh, either fat burn or muscle gain results that you want and um essentially what this says is you can kind of eat anything but you, as long as it fits your macros, like it doesn't even matter if it's like a quote unquote healthy food or an unhealthy food, as long as it fits your macros, it's great. Now, problem with this, I mean, I don't really like it overall. Um, theoretically, I think it could work, you know, for like, yeah, weight loss, weight gain, because at the end of the, like, okay, burning fat, building muscle, at the end of the day, yes, it is mostly an equation of calories in versus calories out, well, and macronutrients. Um, there, I mean, there's a lot that goes into metabolism. It's not that simple, but we can kind of simplify it. However, the issue with this is 
you, well, if you eat just junk food, number one, those foods are hyper palatable. They trick your taste buds into thinking that you should be eating more and more. It's hard to stop eating, whereas with whole foods, healthier foods, it's easier to eat the right amount. And then just in general, I mean, it, it, it is all kind of connected, right? Like if you're eating whole foods, healthy foods, uh, you know, the same amount of calories and same amount of macronutrients versus junk foods, the junk foods, even if they have the same macronutrients, they are going to start to affect your body in different ways. Your body's systems are not going to be operating as well when you don't have the right vitamins and minerals. You're probably going to feel like crap just because, you know, you might have digestive issues with the junk food. Like, there's a lot of things that can start going wrong with this. So I don't really like if it fits your macros in general. Yeah, not a good idea for most people. Um, juice fasting. Okay. Um, no, don't do juice fasting. <laughs> That's the short answer. I mean, this is basically where you could try it for like a couple of days. I know a friend who did this for a couple of days, but I mean, it's just you, all you have is like fruit and vegetable juices apparently. Um, I mean, it's like a detox thing, I guess. But like, I think he was doing it as like a weight loss thing. And I just know if you like if you want to lose weight, uh, you know, if you want to lose weight, do some resistance training, eat enough protein to maintain muscle and, uh, you know, cut your carbs and maybe your fats enough, be in a slight calorie deficit and do it in a, in a healthy, sustainable way. Uh, but do not like a juice fast. I mean, a juice fast, heck, you're, if you do it any long term, you're going to have all sorts of nutrition deficiencies, in my opinion. You know, basically no protein by just fruit and vegetable juices. Um, I mean, I think it leads to like electrolyte imbalances and stuff. Like, no, just juice fast, bad idea. If you want to do it for a day or two, maybe up to a week, I mean go for it but like i don't know what the reason would be i don't i don't think it's like i if it's like a religious thing sure like many types of fasting are i mean same thing with like ramadan we have ramadan well when this episode releases probably be in the middle of ramadan um but i'm recording it i think right before it starts like ramadan in my opinion that they're fasting they it's 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 bad for your health it's it's good for their religious purposes but if you were going to fast properly and in like a healthy way, it wouldn't be like gorging on food in the middle of the night when humans have not evolved to eat. But that's another topic. And yes, the the, the Muslims who are listening to this are probably going to hate me now. But I have a whole episode on why I think Ramadan fasting is, is not a good idea. Like I think the fasting is a good idea. It's good as a religious practice. But like as <laughs> for health, no, they're doing it the wrong way. I'm sorry. Anyway, okay. So don't do juice fasting. Um, keto, keto diet. All right. This is a, a very low carb diet, generally under 50 grams of carbs a day. Definitely. Which is tough. It's not easy to do. I did it for two, two and a half weeks a short while ago. Cause I wanted to try it out and see how I felt. Um, I don't recommend it for many people. Definitely not long-term. Um, I, I did feel good digestively. Okay. And what I was eating was a lot of meats, a lot of raw cheese, um, um, eggs, a few vegetables here and there, a little bit of like cacao and nuts, things that have just a little bit of carbs, but not much. Um, I did, my digestive system felt good. Those things are easily digestible for me. Um, I lost a few pounds just because when you're not eating any carbs, um, you know, you're in general going to lose weight. Um, it, it can be useful. I think it might be something you can try like 
in cycles every now and then, you do feel kind of sharp mentally. I never really had any of those symptoms of like the keto flu that they talk about. I think a keto avoid that is just make sure you don't have, you get enough sodium. I think that's the key. Because when you're not having carbohydrates, like in general, you don't get as much sodium. But I didn't really have any issue with that. So keto, I wouldn't recommend it to many people long term, but um, you know, can be useful. Certainly help me. Some days I like to like just kind of go keto especially for like the first couple meals of the day because i'm like all right i just want to feel really sharp today and i want to feel really good like digestively it seems to work well for my body all right low fodmap so fodmaps are let's see if i remember off the top of my head fermented oligosaccharides disaccharides monosaccharides and polyols if i got that right okay essentially foods that are high in fodmaps um they're like like fermented foods it's god it's hard to describe and i've even done this diet for a while um because i was thinking this might have been the cause of my digestive issues but essentially you're avoiding certain foods from different food groups but it's not even like the whole group itself like you you can eat some fruits but it recommends avoiding some same thing with vegetables you eat some avoid some so like for example like apples should be avoided broccoli should be avoided but like bananas and blueberries are allowed carrots are allowed uh i can't remember what else but like so you you just look it up like low fodmap versus high fodmap foods so this is one of those things like for me i found it useful just to try to like as a way to try to help solve my digestive issues i think it worked like a little bit um but at the same time it's not like it's not like as good of a solution as like an elimination diet would be to really figure out the cause of your issues. Um, it's also, I mean, I feel like the the specific testing I do with like Viome, for example, is also better. So like this low FODMAP is like, it's almost kind of like taking a guess based on what you think you know about your body and the way you seem to react to different foods, but like not having a totally perfect answer and the results, you know, yeah, may or may not be good. With that being said, like I don't see any downside to it. Like you can easily eat a low FODMAP diet without like cutting out any major nutrient, nutrition, you know, major nutrients, if I'm saying that right. Um, so yeah, you know, look into it, give it a shot if you have digestive issues. Okay, Mediterranean diet. This is Now we're getting into the ones that are just like, these are the blue zone diets, okay? Because I'm about to do Okinawa next. Okay, so Mediterranean diet. All right, you hear about this. You want to live long? be on the Mediterranean diet. Like, no, you want to live long, you should probably just, like, go live in Italy or, like, you know, somewhere where they allow themselves to, like, enjoy life a little bit more where they're not working 100 hours a week like we do in the U.S. (laughs) No, but, um, (laughs) and where they get some more sun than we do up here in Minnesota. Um, But, um, all right, so, like, is it always just the diet? Could there be other factors? No, but, so the Mediterranean diet, okay, lots of olive oil, which I like, fruits, vegetables, grains, nuts, you know, uh, apparently a decent amount of, like, fish and somewhat not that much saturated fat, stuff like that. I mean, okay, um, in general, uh, I I think it's a good idea. Yeah, I mean, I don't really follow it. Um for most people, I think it's a good idea. With, with the, I'll also say, though, like, I don't necessarily think, like, the Mediterranean, I don't necessarily think it's the diet itself that makes, like, the Mediterranean areas, whether it's Sardinia, Italy, or somewhere in Greece, I can't remember, 
I don't necessarily know if that's really the biggest factor in why they apparently live longer statistically because there's a lot that goes into this, okay? It's it's lifestyle. It's, you know, how is your relationships with the other people in your life? It's, you know, how much you move on a daily basis. It's how much exposure do you get to the natural light and the sun versus sitting in a dark office building all day. Like, it's there's a lot of factors here. So the diet, yeah, I think is good. Um so, so give it a shot, you know, if you if you're interested. And it, I think like I think it tastes good too. Like I don't eat, I don't follow a Mediterranean diet, but I like their foods in general. So, um, yeah. All right, here we go. So Okinawa diet, Okinawa Japan. This is another blue zone. This one blows my mind because I'm like, really? Based on everything I know, it just wouldn't make sense. That this diet would really be that good for overall health, fitness, longevity. And like I said, maybe it's the other factors. But they're eating like really, really high carb, like low calories overall, but like, you know, like lots of veggies, grains, soy, as I understand it, very limited, like meat and seafood, but it's like a low calorie diet where most of the calories come from carbs. And I'm just like, man, like people can demonize like a lot of protein and like, you know, muscle building or whatever, but muscle is good for longevity and for overall health. And when I see this diet, I'm like, man, this is going to lead to like no muscle and strength. How do they do it? I don't know. I mean, my take is don't do the Okinawa diet, but you could go over there and, and, and ask them how they're doing it and maybe come back and give me a better answer. Okay. Paleo. So paleo, I mean, seems similar enough like to Mediterranean. I mean, it's fruits, veggies, lean meats, nuts, fish, eggs, seeds. Essentially, it's like things that people could apparently eat when we were only doing hunting and gathering and not like any like actual like farming that would, you know, allow for things like, well, wait, did I say grains? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They, I guess they don't do grains with paleo. I've never done paleo, but like no grains, legumes or dairy things that would be, you know, like, like farmed and like, yeah, my, my theory on this is paleo would be a good diet. I've never tried it out, but, um, yeah, I mean, I guess it's funny cause like some of these, it's like, well, yeah, like the way I eat sometimes kind of does fit into one of these styles, but I'm not like announcing it or like saying, yeah, I'm on paleo. Um, but yeah, occasionally, I mean, I, I, I do eat a lot of dairy nowadays, so I guess, I, yeah, I'm not paleo. But but this overall seems like a fine diet. I mean, you're getting enough of the main macronutrient groups, proteins, fats, and carbs. You know, you've got, yeah, the meats in there to get you plenty of, um, I mean, it says lean meats, but then they got nuts that get you fats. Like I said, keep in mind, if you're hitting those, if you're getting enough proteins and fats, those are the two essential macronutrients. Most of us should be eating some carbs as well. And, you know, with this, you're going to be getting the micronutrients, the vitamins and minerals you need from the fruits and veggies. So, yeah, I see no issue with paleo, even though I don't, you know, think it's totally, like, necessary. Um, then we got pegan, which I don't really, okay, pegan is, like, paleo slash vegan. And it just says, like, the only difference is it's, like, 75% plant, 25% animal product. But I'm like, well, that's what, like, paleo looks like to me when I look at it. So, same thing here, okay? As long as you're getting, like, enough protein, um... And enough of those healthy vets, good stamp of approval. Okay, the raw food diet. Now, what I find interesting about this is they say like it's usually like a plant-based diet. This is one that I feel like could go really a lot of different ways and for different people because I feel like our, our digestive systems react differently to different like raw versus cooked veggies. I haven't even figured out for me if I think my body reacts better to raw or cooked vegetables. I, I really don't know at this point. It seems to depend on the day, but... Um, you know, it says that most people who do a raw foods diet usually go like mostly plant-based, which is funny for me because I eat a ton of raw cheeses now. So unpasteurized, like, like cheese from unpasteurized milk and it's great. 
Like it sits great with my stomach. It it um, it has actually pretty high protein quantities for cheese as well, and obviously a lot of fat, um, a lot of saturated fat. But like I've said, I'm not really, I don't worry much about that anymore. Um, so like when I think of raw foods diet, I'm thinking of like, oh yeah, raw cheeses and like, you know, raw. I don't do like raw meats. Like I'm not that crazy. I know a few people who do, but um, I even get a little squirmy around sushi still sometimes. But um, I don't know, the, the, this raw foods diet, I mean, I wouldn't want to do it because apparently you're not supposed to have coffee on it, and, and I love coffee, but um, thank you ex-girlfriend for getting me into coffee, finally, <laughs> that was a while ago now, uh, but I've never left now that I've got on the coffee train, I don't know, I feel like a raw foods diet, it's it's like one of those things that I could maybe see doing like cyclically, but I'm like, eh, never cooking anything, I don't, I don't know, I think this could go either way, I don't know about that, okay, Vegan. Here we go. You can bet the last two are going to be vegan and vegetarian. All right, so vegan. And by the way, I was vegan for six days, maybe seven days, back in like 2018 when I was experimenting with this. I was vegetarian for six months. Okay, I did vegetarian for six months, and then I did vegan for like a week, and then I'm like, no, I need at least some like eggs. <laughs> but um, let's just combine them both into one. Okay, so vegetarianism. Now, when I did it, I made the mistake that I think a lot of people make when they're doing vegetarian is like you're just okay. You're not like eating meat but you're just eating a bunch of stuff that is like not healthy. Like let's keep in mind, as much as it's demonized, meat if unprocessed, and I'm talking about red meat here too, is one of the most nutritious foods that you can eat, okay? It you know, it has obviously a lot of protein and healthy fat, iron, uh, you know, it's I can't even think of the other minerals, but like it's it's a healthy food in general if we don't eat it in a highly processed overcooked way, just as basically all meats are. And they're actually easily digestible, which contrary to popular belief. But anyway, like I was adding like, you know, a whole bunch of like breads and carbs and like, you know, excess peanuts, which I always used to love. Um and so like my vegetarian diet was not like definitely that healthy by any means. I mean I was fine, but um and then yeah, I mean I tried vegan a little bit and I'm like, nah, this is just this is not for me. But um uh, okay, in general, like what do I think about this? Um, I think that a vegetarian diet can definitely be be good if you I, I think it's I think it's hard to be healthy on a vegan diet. I really do. On a vegetarian diet, I think it's easy enough to be healthy because you include things like um, you know, you include dairy products, you include eggs, you know, milk. Easy and it's much easier to get um, enough protein, enough healthy fats. Um, you know, there's the whole B12 thing, vitamin B12, and some other deficiencies that vegans might struggle with. You get that, um, you know, with eggs and everything. Um, you know, and then of course you have like these different, like ovo lacto vegan vegetarian. I don't even know what, you know, depending on like what they allow themselves to include. But like in general, a vegetarian diet with with no meats, like you can be fine, and you can't even make the argument that that it's a it's a very healthy diet if done the right way. Um, you know, you're getting a bunch, you know, vegetables and fruits, obviously, and then just enough of those. Uh, you know, eggs and the other things that I mentioned that can provide you with, with more proteins and healthy fats. Because here's the thing, like the the proteins that you're going to get from just plant-based products, whether it's, you know, nuts, beans, legumes and everything, you know, they, they don't have all of the essential amino acids in combination. It's tougher to get enough... Um, yeah, enough high quality protein. They also just don't have the quantities. Like if you if you try to get enough protein in your diet um, from just beans, uh, you know, nuts and legumes, the protein quantities of those foods just are not as high per portion. Okay, 
So you got you to factor that in as well. And like I said, protein is essential. Protein, I mean, muscle, like muscle is a very longevity promoting tissue, okay? Like having strength and muscle as we get older is very important. And so protein is very important. And that's one of the reasons that veganism, I think, would be very tough. Um, I also think that veganism is just... Um, yeah, it can lead to just a lot of nutrient deficiencies, some of the ones that I already mentioned. And so, no, I, I just, I don't think it's a very good diet for health. I think that if people want to be vegan, because whether it's an environmentally related thing or whether it's an animal rights based thing, whatever, like I get it, you know, go for it for that reason. But make sure you're supplementing with the things you need. Make sure you're getting labs checked. Um, yeah, that's kind of my general opinion on that. So, um, yeah, um, there it was. That was like 21 diets in like 38 or 9 minutes or something like that. So um, once again, there is not one solution. Like all of this is like a big gray area. It's a very nuanced topic. That was a brief overview. There's probably not, you know, there's definitely not one solution for everybody. And even as we go through life, like things will change. Like we can cycle in and out of these diets depending on what we need. And yeah, um, but none of it is just like a, a magic um, you know, blueprint for, for health and, and fitness and longevity. So anyway, hope you learned something useful and uh, we'll talk again soon. Peace. Thank you for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed